Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Uplifting Impact Podcast. I'm Justin Ponder, Chief Information Officer with the Uplifting Impact team, and I'm excited to be hosting you today as we dive deeper into the journey to make the world more diverse, equitable, and inclusive. Today, I'm very excited to be talking with Raj Verma. He joined Sanofi in December 2020, heading up diversity, equity, and inclusion culture and employee experience. Raj is determined to make an impact in the workplace while nurturing a culture that thrives on a diverse workforce at every level of the organization, ensuring that underrepresentation is systematically addressed and employees feel engaged and proud to belong. He has over 25 years of global HR transformation and change leadership experience, which comes from having held both specialist and generalist HR leadership roles at the country, regional, and international level in organizations such as Ford Mortar Company, Jaguar Land Rover Cars, and most recently, Sodexo, where he was Global Senior Vice President of Human Resources. Raj lives in the UK, is married, and has two teenage children, and we are told one very naughty dog. <laughs> Raj Verma, welcome to our show. Thank you, Justin. Nice to be here. Thank you. So our first question that we'd love to ask everyone is what brings you joy? Look, I think there are two things that really bring me joy. One, one is people. I'm, I'm very much a people person. I, I love being around others. Um, I love being part of something new and different and, and seeing something, you know, the conversation turning into something different. Um, mm. So that, that really excites me. Just, you know, stick me in a room by myself for a day and I would go, you know, a little bit stir crazy, but put me with a group of people, I absolutely thrive. Um, and the second big thing that, that really um, brings me joy is, is seeing seeing the changes um, being made from, from an idea to, to, to where, where we started, to where we are now, to where we aspire to be in that whole journey. I love seeing that story unfold. Um, and, and for me, people and progress, I'd say, were probably the two big things that that bring me joy and for that reason both at work and at home and in your answer there you mentioned you love being around people and watching the differences that are made that you kind of bring something up and then somebody adds to it and it seems different and, and then you also mentioned change what yeah. advice would you give to people who that sounds terrifying <laughs> that i like to come up with ideas in a vacuum and then the idea that i have to interact with people and there's all these unpredictable changes what would you say to those folks for whom being around people, thriving off of the difference, the surprise, and the improvisation that has to happen with other people, where that's maybe not their skill set? How would you have them think about it in a different way? Look, I think um, you know when you're in a, in a group environment, you are you know your idea is ideal is to have a mix of people you know with different preferences. Some will be far more extrovert, some will be you know more introverted and guarded. And I think part of being in a team is to help people feel included and, and I think you know ask the questions right ask people what's going to work for them you know what sort of ideas have they got and leverage their strengths so if they love writing things down on a piece of paper or on a book take it right take it and and, and, and rebuild it into a, another part of the conversation so we don't lose the essence of the thinking right so I think that's what we really want to strive for that everybody has a voice whether they like to vocalize it or internalize it, you know, our role, especially as leaders or uh, managers of, of a group, is to be able to bring that out. So 
everyone feels that they've brought their very best self to that conversation and to find tools and techniques to help them engage in a different way. Um, and nothing is right and wrong, right? So for me, it, 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 try everything, right? Find different ways of experimenting um, so that nobody feels as if they haven't had the opportunity um, to put something into that into that mix. And in this experiment of trying everything, what's one thing that you've tried that you were nervous about but worked out really well? Look, I think being bold is something that every leader has to has to get comfortable with and, and, and being comfortable with uncomfortable conversations. Mm. So I think, you know, when I first started, um, certainly in the, in the DNI space, um, you know, having some of those uncomfortable conversations with people um, was always a, how do I start? What do I say? What if I say things wrong? And, you know, and I always assume positive intent. And I think part of that gives me, you know, the courage of humility to say, actually, I don't know what I don't know. So help me understand. Um, you know, so, you know, one of the things that we did in Brazil, actually, um, a few weeks ago, I was in a, a meeting with the, the leadership. And one of the things they do to make people feel included is to say a little bit about themselves, you know, what their pronouns are, what they look like, a little bit about their background. So everybody feels you know, part of that conversation. And that was quite alien to me at the start. Um, you know, so I took my brave pill and I went in and, and shared a little bit more than what I probably would normally in a group of, you know, I don't know, 50, 60 odd people that I didn't know. Um, but that's what they expected from a presenter, from a leader to be able to be that open. So you have to sort of climatize your, yourself to those different environments um, and do the best you can. I uh, love that word, climatize. And I love the example that you gave too about not just differences. And an initial answer, you talked about differences, introversion versus extroversion, uh, differences in personality. But the example you just gave was differences across international cultures. And that brings us to a valuable question. Most of the people that we talk to are in the U.S. and they focus on U.S. issues. But how would you say the work of diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, change when you're talking about global workforce training conversations? Look, I think one of the, the things that you have to really think about is that, you know, when we built our um, DNI strategy in Sanofi, we built it as a globally transversal strategy. And what that means is that we had a global frame, very clear. We had some clear objectives for 2025. Um, but the way to deliver it is through local planning, a local DNI plan. So all of our countries have been creating their local DNI plans that ladder up into a global strategy because local markets with local context, you need local allies. Um, and, and one of the things that we learned right at the beginning was that, you know, it's important to recognize that everybody is at a different point in their own journey for different reasons, right? And, and I think what we've tried to do is to bring as much of that into the conversation. So, you know, when you're building a global approach, you also have to set very clear measures. So you can see, you know, what can you do that signals progress and what can you help storytell? Because those stories in one country are translatable to other countries. So you always have a global vision, but the execution has to be local because it is so differently contextualized 
country by country. And that's what we have to lean into. And that's why it's really important to, to think through different ways of getting into different countries and, and recognizing that countries will dial up or dial down some of the things that maybe you aspire to do globally. And that's okay. And you mentioned this kind of necessary conversation between the global and the local. Yeah. And maybe taking it one step further, how do you go about making this conversation between your entire organization on an international level, but also make it feel personal? So even harder than the conversation between the global and the local, how do you make the conversation between the international or the entire organization and the personal? Yeah. Well, let me just share with you a bit of, the, a bit of what we did in Sanofi and you know, when we were looking at our at DNI strategies, which we launched in um, June last year, it was the first real global DNI strategy that we, we we had launched. It was built with the business. So, you know, I'm a firm believer of co-creation is key because then you get different voices in the room. And, and as we started to bring in perspectives and lived experiences, you know, that started to form a relatively good framework. Um, but, you know, the key thing for us is that you need trust. And that's what we were trying to build right at the start. So it becomes more about we than I, right? So that's your first building block, right? So bring different perspectives in the room from different parts of the world. So you've got a legitimacy to be able to talk and think global. The second thing that we did to really bring this to life was we created a global DNI network of, of people, you know, who were our local allies. Um, you know, we have global pinpoints, right? But the execution has to be tailored to local need, local capability, you know, and those local influencers um, around the topic, you know, we listened, we learned, um, you know, we asked what would land well, you know, what do they see as getting in the way of some of the things that we may want to do, um, and what lessons have already been learned, you know, and what this did was allow us to frame things in a far better and a far more elegant way because we were putting ourselves in the shoes of the people who we were trying to reach out to. So, you know, my, my team is very small. And when people ask me, you know, how many people do you have in your team? I say I have 100,000 people in my team. Right? <laughs> because every single person in the organization has a vested interest yeah. Um, and will be impacted by the work we do around diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? So we have to bring them into that conversation, you know? And the other big thing is the proof points, you know? So we're building a whole library of, of great case studies and examples that countries have done. But what we're doing is we're sharing those across the organization and we're sharing those externally. And it was amazing, you know, when you engage with local teams, that many felt, oh, these stories aren't worthy of global recognition. Mm. But how wrong that they are, because they absolutely were, right? Wow. Um, and, and, and the big piece for us is, you know, we launched um, Global Parental Leave, uh, which is a 14 weeks consistently around the world for anyone um, who's having a baby, who is adopting or having a, a child through surrogacy, regardless of where you are in Sanofi, regardless of what the laws say in your country, you will get no less than 14 weeks paid leave. And, and that, you know, we had a global frame, but each country then started to execute it. But we had a minimal viable product of their say, which is the 14 weeks. 
Mm. And that has received so much positivity from within the organization, but also externally, because it's a great, wow, if Sanofi are doing this and you're really listening to your people, that's a company I want to work with, right? And we did the same with our approach to flexible working. You know, the pandemic has really shifted our approach to our culture and in the workplace. So we've created a global framework and helped each country build their own policy around that, right? Well-being is exactly the same, a global framework with some key factors. For example, that we would give access to every single employee to an employee assistance program online everywhere, but lots of well-being activity could also be nurtured in country. So wow. everything we've done, we've tried to do it with our employees, our colleagues, our teams in mind, so that when we start the conversation, it's always co-owned, right? Yes. And everyone has a role to play um, because the work of DE&I will impact us all in one way, shape, or form, whether we want to have it impact us or not. So we may as well be part of the conversation um, than, than not, right? So that's how we've really brought the whole of Sanofi together around this topic. Um, and we're right at the infancy of our journey. So we're learning as we go. Um, mm. But it's that constant feedback, that constant engagement, you know, recognizing when we have to dial things up and dial things down. But essentially, everything is connected. You know, I always say that DE&I is not about bolting things on. It's about building things in. So that's what we've tried to do every step of the way. Um, every policy we'll look at, every employee experience touchpoint we create, the work we're doing around culture and behaviours, integrating inclusion indicators so that managers know what, what good looks like. Right. right? So this is not a standalone piece. This is a real sort of back and forth. And you've provided like a lot of really valuable lessons of what you've learned along the way. So this is going to be a tough question. In your 25 years of work, what would you say is the most valuable lesson that you've learned? So we'll go really broad. That would maybe help people listening and inspire them to keep going as well. What's perhaps the most important lesson you've learned? Gosh, I, I've, I've learned so many lessons and I have <laughs> more to learn. Um, but the one thing that I remember a CEO of mine once telling me and, and, and right at the infancy of my career was that, you know, there aren't many rights or wrongs, right? Just points of difference. And as a leader, it's my role to invest in finding those points of difference. So I have to be a citizen of the world, right? So for me, that has always held true in every role that I've done um, because it makes it more inclusive and you're not defending a point. You're trying to understand a point. Um, and, and I mentioned a little bit earlier that, you know, assume positive intent, right? Every step of the way, because again, it helps the conversation. It helps you find a more progressive solution, you know, and I, I know I'm cheating. You've asked me for the one big thing, but <laughs> you give multiples. <laughs> the, other, the other thing that I've really um, lived by is humility, right? Like many, I'm learning as I go. I'm, I'm not a DNI expert, for example. Um, I've been in the DNI space in various roles that I, I, I've, I've been in, but it, it's about knowing that there's so much that I don't know and, and, and listening as much as I'm sharing. And when you do that, you know, it starts to help you shape that what you realize is that you can't get everything done without others. So you have to bring more conversations and voices into your decision making. So having that level of humility helps you ask for that help and 
And finally, I always say to myself, you know, so what? If I'm doing this, so what? Where am I making the difference, right? What's the impact of the organization to the individual, to society, to the community I'm in? You know, that's so what is a really powerful word for me anyway. And so you've mentioned so much that you've learned and that you're learning. And I guess the last question that I'd like to ask is, what are you, what's most interesting to you now? What's kind of pulling your attention? What are you learning most specifically now? So, you know, I'm new to the pharma industry. Um, and over the past 12 months or so, I've really tried to, to get my head into the space of, um, you know, it's a noble industry, right? So we're doing great stuff for many people. And, you know, and you can see many pharma organizations, especially with COVID and how they've really been the main sort of solution to helping us find a way out of COVID. But as I'm starting to understand a little bit more about um, the healthcare industry, you know, I'm starting to learn a little bit about health inequity. I'm learning, you know, in pharma, you know, what does it mean to have inclusive clinical trials, right? And what's the, what's the whole space around mental, mental health when right. it comes to pharmaceutical and healthcare? You know, how do we make sure that we give access to information and education to people who may not ordinarily have that access, you know, and where does digital come into pharmaceutical mm. activity to biotech, to the healthcare space, right? So all of these themes that are industry-wide are things that I'm starting to get a slightly better understanding of it. And, and what can what can I and we do um, within the industry, within Sanofi, to make that difference? You know, even if it's a small difference, it will have a big impact because we're global. We have a global footprint, you know, and, and part of our... Um, I guess, competitive advantage is that we can get to places faster than, than others. So what can we do to help society as well? And, and the other big piece is, you know, how inextricably linked diversity, equity, inclusion is to the CSR agenda and yes. the impact we have on society and, and how do we join up some of those dots? So that's the learning I'm going through as I start to familiarise myself with, with an industry that I've not been in before. Well, you're learning quite a lot, but you've taught us even more and we appreciate Raj Verma. So thanks for being with us. And how can our folks out there continue to stay in touch with you? I'm very happy to people to connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, always have to share a story. Um, you'll see a lot more coming through the Sanofi world, um, through LinkedIn, through Instagram, through um, our, our different pages on Twitter. Um, but LinkedIn is the easiest way to, to find me and get in touch. All right. Sounds great. And we'll be sure to put that in the notes for our listeners. So Raj Verma, thank you very much again. It's a pleasure and good to chat with you, Justin. And thank you to all of you out there listening. We're so glad you were able to tune in this week for our episode of the Uplifting Impact podcast. And we need more people like you to continue to uplift the impact. And in order to do so, be sure to share this episode, comment on it on our website at upliftingimpact.com or provide your thoughts directly to us through LinkedIn at Uplifting Impact, looking for Justin Ponder or Deanna Singh. And until next week, keep uplifting the impact. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.